Oh, this is going to be a good one. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. That's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete, P-E-T-E, askpete at petetheplanner.com. And we will answer your question. That's how this show works. Thanks for listening. Joining me as uh, generally always, Damien Dunn, no relation. Hello, Dame. Hey, Pete. People can't get their head around it. I'm Peter Dunn. You're Damien Dunn. We have the same last name. We are not related. Not related in the slightest. Get over it, people. If our, if, if our name was Smith, I feel like people would be more believing of the fact that we're not related. But because it's done, they're like, oh, they got to be related. Just imagine if our last name was like Shashevsky. Dear Damien and Pete. Yeah. Someone emailed us and put Dear Damien and Pete as opposed to just Pete. Well, this this person clearly has everything in order. Typical inheritance question coming your way. I have around $60,000 coming before the calendar year is over. I'm 32 years old, married, have three kids, all under the age of six. Can you imagine how loud their minivan is? No. No, I, do you, I, I what, don't want to. When you're in your car with your kids and they're being really loud, what's your go-to line? I, oh, man. That you can say on the air. I don't know. That's a great question. I'm not sure if I have a go-to line. I need to develop one. Maybe we can do that. Uh, maybe you know, if there's a go-to line, I should uh, have. Uh, feel free to email us so I can I can co-op somebody else's. And I currently have 28 years left on a conventional mortgage loan. That mortgage loan is the only debt we have, and it's roughly two hundred and forty thousand dollars left on a three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar house. My initial plan for this money was to refinance and throw most of it at our mortgage loan in order to get the monthly payment down to what we're already paying today. For the record, my wife is a similar age, and we have over $110,000 in retirement savings already. We each contribute at least 12% of our current income, and we have 529 started for the kids. The 529s plus the cash flow we'd have after paying off the house should give us more than enough flexibility for college, I think, thoughts, Appreciate the advice and humor both of you bring to the airwaves. Both. From Justin in Cincinnati. I don't know. I, it's hard to trust this guy's question just based on his taste. Yeah, let's let's just ease back on that. He's he's clearly got something going on here. Okay, what do you think? Um I like it. I there's there's a couple things that I would bring up that I I think uh, are just almost givens in this situation that I I think is probably doesn't even bear commenting on, but I'm going to anyway. Um, okay. He doesn't say anything about emergency fund, which I I gotta believe he's got one, but I do too. M- make sure you've got an emergency fund. Um, that's not going to be news to Justin, but make sure you got an emergency fund. Um, the second thing that catches my eye is the in Cincinnati part. And there's a reason for this. Because he's going to spend all his money on Gold Star Chili? No. Um, Now, do you think he actually lives in Cincinnati or is it a Covington, Kentucky person who just says Cincinnati because they don't want to say Kentucky? Oh, it's definitely Covington, Kentucky. 
I say no that one ever actually lives in Cincinnati. I say that because Kentucky actually has an inheritance tax. It's one of six states in the U.S. that still levies an inheritance tax, not a state Sometimes taxes. Sometimes I wonder why I make you part of this whole thing, and then it's days like this that I realize there's a reason why. So, I, Justin, if you live in Kentucky and not Cincinnati, make sure the inheritance taxes are taken care of for this. I, I'm, I'm guessing with everything else that you've got going on that you are probably astute enough to have that already taken care of. However, if you do live in Kentucky, make sure that that's been accounted for with the, 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 the inheritance that you're getting. So um, make sure. And there was one other thing that I did catch in here, uh, just to throw it back at you, Pete. Um, my wife is a similar age. Do you know what that means? What does that mean? I, I, think, that, I think that means she's older. Yeah. He, <laughs> you know what? I agree. <laughs> Wow, I feel like you did your homework this week, and I sent this to you like ten minutes ago. Yeah, well, you know, give me ten minutes, and I can I can come up with a lot of stuff. I was confused about one of the lines. It says my initial plan for this money was to refinance and throw most of it at our mortgage loan in order to get the same monthly payment down to what we're already paying today. Yeah, what does I, that mean? I think he wants to refinance to a different term. It would go from maybe a thirty year to a fifteen year, and uh, throw the extra cash at it to lower the the principal on the house. All right, so here are my thoughts. So so you think this is a good idea, Dame? I'm assuming that everything else is going as is. I mean, 12% of their income is getting saved towards retirement. They've got 529 started. Um, I, on the surface, I, I, don't, I don't have anything really to say negative against his plan here. Do you think he is risk averse? Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah, it's interesting for that someone has that much in retirement savings at 32, 110,000, putting 12% of their money, of their income, I shall say, into uh, the market conceivably. But the idea of you're getting $60,000 and you don't even bring up the fact that you could just invest it for later, the fact that he does not bring that up makes me think he's spooked by the market. And he sent this email before this week's just ridiculousness that the market brought. Yeah. Um, I, He's 32, getting a nice chunk of change, and his first option is to pay down the mortgage a little bit. It's not go buy a you know fifty thousand dollar bass boat. It's not you know go on a fishing charter. It's not. Why are you, you bringing up like? It's not. You bring up two fishing things. Buy I feel a like big those are SUV really... to pull the S the the bass boat. It's nothing like that. It's just oh, that seems really pointed. It's just. What do you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, waffles, actually. I feel like you had something salty. Woohoo, waffles. No, no. <laughs> um, I th- You don't think one of the ideas is he could just take the 60-ish, split it three ways, 20, 20, and 20, and pre-fund college? Sure he could. I mean, he absolutely could. Um, that was my could, first... Or he could, you know, my- split, put, put a nice chunk in... Um, Three different five twenty nines uh, fund Roth IRAs for him and his wife. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways you could really start to play with the money if you want to go the uh, the, the investing route. But if he's risk averse and he feels better getting the mortgage paid off before the kids go to college, which is is what it is, giving him enough flexibility to cash flow college. Um, okay, that's fine. I feel like the option he wants to go with actually provides him the most flexibility and is still a plan. 
just holding on to cash to have extra money is flexible, but it doesn't move you forward. It, it, it is too conservative. It doesn't leverage the money for anything other than peace of mind. I think by by executing the plan he he wants to execute, which is to pay down you know roughly sixty thousand dollars on his mortgage, he uh, pays down debt, which is in, increases his net worth, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess it's if you held the money in savings, your net worth would increase the same amount. But what it really does is is it changes his cash flow when the kids get ready for college. And I think that's what's so appealing about it. How much money would you want him to guarantee us that he has in his emergency fund before we sign off on his plan? You want a dollar figure? No, Dame. I want uh, <laughs> in. I want it by volume, <laughs> metric tons. I. I have. How do you measure money? We do don't, I, we don't even know what he makes. All right, I, I want him to have at least twenty five thousand dollars in his emergency fund before I'd sign off on that idea. I will go with uh, twenty three thousand five hundred dollars. Oh boy, you're difficult today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let's see where this is going. All right, Justin, we like your plan. We think you live in Kentucky. If you do, watch for the inheritance tax. Tax. Go ahead and pay down the mortgage. If for some reason you need to get the money back, you can always borrow the money you paid off, which is always fun. <laughs> uh, and uh, I hope your kids aren't too loud in the van, and I hope you have a good dad saying to get them to be quiet. Mine's always, I need to concentrate. And I use my voice. It's <laughs> awful. Anyway, coming up with the break, uh, more of your money questions, email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. This is the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner Show. Dane, we got a new affiliate this week. We do? We do. W-I-O-U, which um, that's real. Uh, W-I-O-U in Kokomo, Indiana. It's, uh, well, you know, W-I-O-U. Welcome, Kokomo. Welcome. Gotta love Kokomo. Right from US 31 there in uh, central Indiana. I do. Uh, I think the last time I uh, passed through or around their town, I, I might have got to meet one of their fine police officers. How about we cut a little promo for him right now? Okay. I don't know if this is going to be a good idea. All right, let's try it. Uh, all right, I'll do it. Hi, I'm Pete the Planner. And when you want to learn how to get out of personal debts from your friends, tune into WIOU. Perfect. Is, is it good? Yeah, yeah. Dear Pete, my fiance and I are longtime readers, first time emailers. All right. We're big fans of your advice approach, and we appreciate your thoughtfulness around the emotions tied to financial conversations. Dot, dot, dot. Also, the jokes. We love jokes. (laughs) (laughs) We've followed all the financial advice we've read, and now are wondering where to head next. We've been very fortunate to have bought a house with a low interest rate and healthy debt-to-income ratio. Paying off a bit extra each month, we contribute the annual maximum to retirement funds, we set aside an additional amount for index fund investments to supplement those retirement funds in the future. I'm going to call it a timeout, Dave. Okay. How many timeouts do we get per segment? Uh, one full in two 20s. Okay. I'm going to take a 20 here. Uh, so far, short of the compliments, we're, which were great, yeah. and I'll take. And I don't want you to think what I'm about to say uh, is influenced by their praise of me. 
everything they've said, short of their praise, makes me really trust them yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, this, we've had two back-to-back uh, all-stars so far. Isn't it weird, though? Like, someone will send us the first three sentences, and I'm immediately skeptical of whatever is next. Yet, this lady, uh, Nicole, not producer Nicole, sends this email, and I immediately am like, yeah, whatever she says, I'm down. Yeah, I I get that vibe, too. We've got uh, an emergency fund, and the only debt we carry are a low interest rate student loan and car payments that are both tracking to be paid off early. We're a bit stuck on what to do next. Should we put even more money into paying off our mortgage? Should we send more into the index funds? Should we start saving for passive income, you know, investment properties? She didn't put you know, she put EG, which is, for example, some mysterious percentage split of those options. Is there something we haven't considered? Thanks so much for your time. Nicole, Dame, the rest of her email did not disappoint. No, not at all. I This was solid. This is one of those things. So the last email we talked about the importance and the glory of flexibility. Like all you ever really want are options. And when you want all the options to be good options. Dame, I think basically anything she said, any of the options that she gave herself and us, are good options, and any percentage of them I would be happy with. Yeah, I I think she, she's already doing a fantastic job. She's already identified a great number of you know potential ways that they can make this even better. I don't feel like you and I can lose on this one, Pete. Do you ever feel like when people are listening to this show uh, and they hear a situation like this, and they themselves are not in this situation, they, they are trying to get to this situation is hearing this email encouraging or is it oh nikki (laughs) (laughs) well what do do you think it is uh you know it's probably both two different people to be honest i i think some people will see the situation as something that they are aspiring to and some people will just see it as you know kind of pie in the sky how in the world am i ever going to get there um and hopefully we can tread that line every once in a while you know hopefully giving some 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 insight and some uh, reassurance that this isn't out of the realm of possibility for everyone i just reread the beginning of this email not the praise but before that she says my fiance and i mm-hmm. can you imagine going into a relationship a permanent relationship in which your money life is this solid I'm trying. So I, I'm pausing because I'm thinking about back about the beginning of my relationship with my wife. Um, yeah. It, it wasn't this solid. It wasn't horrible by any stretch. I think it was probably very typical. But man, what a, what a launching pad for a relationship. We, Mrs. Planner and I were 22. So, uh, just to paint that picture, we owned a home already. We bought a home within a month of graduating college, which I don't recommend to anyone, we had a few thousand dollars saved. We really had no debts other than a little bit of student loan debt, but not much, not much at all. That's it. Like, but these people, but I'm also, these people are not 22. Do we know that? Or are you guessing that? I'm guessing that. There's no way. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I was just... And I also don't think kids are involved. No, that was actually one of the, the thoughts that crossed my mind is, you know, okay, so so what's the future looking like for for this couple? Because that that could be something to um, 
you know, not immediately start adjusting for, but they're already doing a great job. So, so maybe you get to the point where you're just trying to live on one income. If somebody's going to be a stay at home parent and challenge yourself to get to that point. I agree. I, I, that was exactly where I was going. I think the next goal shouldn't be driven by what to do with the money, but how much to allocate to whatever it is you do. Because Nicole, let's say your fiance, you, you know, kids are in the plans and your fiance wants to stay home with the kids. Then by all means, let's get rid of that person's income need by saving their entire income. Damien, what is the most flexible thing a person can do in this situation? Is it, it, this is so, this is like a version of the last email question, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. um, If you want to have a foot um, in both ponds, uh, so to speak, um, bass ponds, so to speak, you could. uh, If you have a foot in both ponds, I've never seen two ponds close enough together that be able to straddle. You haven't? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I Make sure you're funding Roth uh, IRAs uh, because if you need to go get the cash eventually, the contributions, you can, but you're also saving for the long term uh, as well. So um, if you've got some extra cash flow and you aren't entirely sure what to do with it, Roth's a really good vehicle to employ uh, to give you that little bit of flexibility. I would do that, and I also feel like an HSA would be yeah. an, another option here. I would love to know their age. You know, sometimes I read these emails, and I don't feel like we need any more information. I don't need this person's age. I don't need Nicole's age, but I would like it because it would definitely inform me. You know what is also interesting here, and this was what makes me think she's younger, is I think she's probably 27, 28, maybe 30, because she doesn't mention balances, name. She only mentions mentions allocations. I think if you're in your 40s or 50s, you're mentioning balances. Yeah, that could be. And I guess the the one other thing I would want to interject. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of stuff laid out and structured. Don't forget to have fun. You're just getting married. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you enjoy the time that you have with just the two of you, and it looks like a ton of financial flexibility to go and a, a um just enjoy that time in your life. So don't be so structured that you cut out that, that ability to go and enjoy each other's. Okay. All right. So here's what I would do. I'm looking at this and here's exactly what I think I would do. I would, once she says they already have the emergency fund, I would probably just put a plan to wipe out the rest of the debt. Just the little ones hanging around. They're low interest rate debts, but just get them out of your way because then you're eventually recapturing more monthly discretionary income to do something with. So uh, I would, you know, usually we like people to pay off the lowest balance debt, but Nicole, what I think you should do is look at the balances in relation to the payment you will free up, right? The car loan, you will free up a bigger payment than you will paying off the student loan. Dame coming up after the break, we're going to, I think we have another email question. I've not decided that's next on the Pete the planner show. I'm Pete the planner. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, answering your money questions. Again, welcome to our new affiliate, Damien, W-I-O-U. Hi, Kokomo. Yeah. 
What if we get like WIRA, WHSA, HSA? What if we'll get those too? Uh, all right. Dear Pete. Oh, if you want to email us, Kokomo, and anyone else listening, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Dear, is there a Chick fil A in Kokomo, Dame? Don't know. Be great if there were. Dear Pete, I'm 56, but you couldn't order it on the day you listened to the show on Sunday. Mm. Uh, dear Pete, I'm 56 this year, and my husband is 57. Uh, in the past four years, my husband has had one surgery, and I have had three. Damn, that's not good to hear. No. I bet they have a punch card. Next one's free. Uh, we both have high-stress jobs. We want to retire as soon as we can. We would start relaxing and stop stressing. I'm wondering what our best options are. Number one, while we continue to work, should we max out our funds that we contribute to our HSA account? Two, should we change our 403B and our 401k to a Roth IRA? Number three, should we pay off our home early? I look forward to hearing from you. Man, Dame, a lot going on there. Where do you want to begin? Um... I'm curious. It said 403B and 401K. Yeah. And we don't have any idea if there's a pension involved. Yeah. 403B leads me to believe there might be a pension involved potentially. Yeah. Let's, let's say there's not because we don't know that. Okay. But I think you're right. There might be. Um, So we have uh hsa max out man if, if you can do that uh, you and i both know that hsas are tremendous tools to have available at your discretion as you approach retirement uh, there's just so much you can do with them um can i let me kind of bring up a weird point here sure i feel like they blow through medical funds like i i just from one surgery in th- for one person three for the other in the past four years i just feel like if they put money into an HSA, it's just going to come right back out to satisfy their deductible. So I feel like even though they're going to have to pay for it one way or another, that that HSA money is not actually going to stay saved. Do you feel that way? It could, but we don't, they don't, if I remember right, they didn't say they really have an issue with medical debt. It's just they had a bunch of surgeries, they got stressful jobs, and they want to get the heck out. I didn't say medical debt, I said medical costs. Right, yeah. So if if they're... If they can hand, still cash flow the deductibles and whatnot, you know, HSA may still be an appropriate spot for them to try and squirrel away some money. What jumps out to me in this situation, 56 and 57 are, are the right time to really start putting your plan in place. But I can't figure out when they say we want to retire as soon as we can, are they making a run to 62? Is that your feeling, Dame? Or are they making a run to 59 and a half and starting to tap their qualified investments. What, what Ooh, do you man. think? Um, I'm, I'm hoping it's at least 62. If it's 59 and a half, things get a lot, a lot more complicated. Again, I'll go to the fact that she did not mention balances to make me think something. And the something I'm thinking is they're not big. Yeah, that's true too. I, all right. So we are trying to make a decision with a few Big pieces of information not included for us to try and judge. Um, so if the, in, in the goal is to start relaxing and stop stressing and retire as soon as possible, they want to know what are the best options. Man, it's hard for me to not lean toward paying off their home early with income 
not assets. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you've, you're going to have to minimize the costs that you have to cover in retirement uh, for this to work, I have a feeling. Do you think in the next, let's say that the target age is 62, 59 and a half, although uh, qualified funds will free up. I just, for the information we have, I'm still going to guess that they can't and shouldn't do that. 62, while it may not ultimately be advisable as well, it is certainly more advisable because at least there's an income stream. Yeah, uh, 62, I think 62 has got to be ground zero for for this to even have a shot at making it based on what we what we see here and we know very little other than we know what we know based on what they didn't tell us oddly enough yeah because we've done this long enough to know that people they're burying the lead there's things they're not telling us that tell us a lot Uh, i don't think first of all they said should we change our 403b and 401k to a roth ira it's, it's really doesn't necessarily work that way. And by the way, Dame, I don't think conversion really solves anything. No, not in this case. Um, I, you know, it, I hate to come back to it, but you know, 59 and a half to, to 62, that, that difference. There's a reason, it, like you said, that they're, <laughs> they don't want to do 59 and a half. Um, healthcare is going to be huge to take care of. It's 60, getting from 62 to 65, could be challenging enough. That's a great point. I mean, 50, if, if 59 yeah. to 65 is, is going to be just a, a whole other ball game of, of trying to deplete your assets that you're going to need to live off of. So that's a great point. And, and that point alone has me say, has me saying there's no way these people can, should retire at 59 and a half. And it also makes me think funding that HSA from ages 62 to 65 to have some extra money there could make some sense. But I don't know. I think the ultimate flexible move here is to eliminate their largest expense and their largest expense. If they are like most people is their home. Dame, I I'm, I'm at 90% confident based on what we know, they should attack their home as opposed to their HSA. Okay. So how about we say, take care of the home, uh, with cash flow. Uh, if you need to transition out of your current jobs, maybe there's an internal transfer that you could have somewhere with, with your current company or you know, find some, some part-time work somewhere to try and still bring in some cash flow. Um, but man, it's, it's math at this point. You're just going to have to figure out if the numbers work and we don't have enough to make that decision right now. We also need to mention, and we've said it a couple times, but we didn't explain it, pay off the mortgage or any debt with cash flow and not assets. And there's a really important reason why. What we don't want you to do is take money out of savings or retirement savings and use that money to pay off debt. If you do that, that is a balance sheet transfer and your net worth does not increase. If you take income and transition that income and convert that income into either a debt liquidation strategy or savings, then it increases your net worth But more importantly, what it does is it allows you to live on less money. When you use money to pay off a debt aggressively, you don't live on that money that is being used to pay off the debt. So therefore, when the debt is paid off, not only do you eliminate the payment itself, but you eliminate the need to have money to cover the extra you've been paying towards that debt to get it paid off faster. 
And when you are up against it from a retirement standpoint, Dame, I find that to be one of the most effective techniques is to aggressively pay off debt heading into retirement. And, and once you're there, either retire immediately so you can you can really take advantage of that feeling of living on less, or if you have to, save more towards an emergency fund once that debt is paid off. And then once the emergency fund is funded, then pull the trigger and bail. But I think you really have to match up that major monumental effort with the retirement date itself. Yeah. Uh, put in the work up front, reduce those obligations, and then hopefully you'll be in a position to go into retirement where you can really just enjoy it and not have to stress out too much. All right. So Paula, who emailed us, that's our answer. I definitely think, well, I don't know what, what did you, what did you, what did you ultimately, you, did you agree house? Is that yes, what she said? I agree with you. Okay. Wow. Oh, this is monumental. Wow. Welcome Kokomo. Yeah, well, yeah, welcome. I wonder who will be our first Kokomo emailer. If you're from Kokomo and you're listening on our new affiliate, W-I-O-U, uh, email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, say question from Kokomo, and you could spell question with a K, so it's like a alliteration, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, well, Kokomo, you're going to be very excited to hear biggest waste of money of the week, which is next on the program. It's after the break. We have some fun and financial current events. Damien Dunn joins me, Peter Dunn, no relation. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show, the BOM, as we call it. If you're listening for the first time every week, we have the BOM. It's the biggest waste of money of the week. My favorite Blom of all time, now that I think back to the show, is we're in our 10th year or something like that. I think it was the dog runner. It was a service in Chicago where instead of walking your dog, they'd take your dog for a run. Really? Yeah. And I was like, it's great. I mean, it makes sense, but it just seems like, what's this $50 a month? Oh, it's my dog's running. It just seems like a tremendous waste of money a week. This one is the Form AR Swim Goggles. Wearables have grown to accommodate swimming workouts, but looking down at your wrist in the middle of a lap is less than ideal. Form's new swim goggles overcomes this with a transparent augmented reality display. It can display metrics like split times, distance, stroke rate, pace per 100, and calories, and syncs back with an app for review on a phone or tablet. Five nose bridge sizes ensure a proper fit and chemical resistant anti-fog technology keeps the view clear. For $199, you can have these goggles. Now, Dame, you guys are a swim family. And uh, to guess, to be fair, my family, not my directly, but my sister and husband, their family, they are a swim family. I mean, to, to, the, to the utmost, both swim and college. What do you think about this? Um, I, I think they should step up their game and have a, a little feature where if, if it tracks you looking you know, down at your wrist, uh, it puts like an image of a shark coming up at you to uh, really just you. get you out of that habit. Is this solving a problem that doesn't exist or for the casual workout swimmer, like the cardio, I need, I need, I do it for the whatever. What do you think? My, it never would have crossed my mind. I mean, uh, okay, you get to the end of your lap, check your watch real quick. I, I don't think I've ever seen somebody stop in the middle of the pool to, to check their their watch and then keep going 
Did I tell you that I don't like to go to our neighborhood pool because, I don't know, being shirtless around my neighbors doesn't <laughs> yeah. appeal to me. And we were going the other day, and I agreed to swim with my kids once per summer. And you're thinking, what a terrible dad. Yeah, I know. So we're pulling up to the pool, and there's not many people there. And my daughter says, Dad, now you won't be embarrassed to take off your shirt. And then my son goes, because you're chubby. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Tonight's not the night I'll be swimming. <laughs> the second biggest waste of money of the week is the Waffles plant-based waffles made in Boulder, Colorado, which means they're probably $1,000. These plant-based waffles are an energy bar alternative, great for snacking in between meals after a workout mid-trail or mid-ride. The modern take on a centuries-old tradition uses a brioche-based dough that cold ferments overnight. It's then infused with pearl sugar, mm, imported from Belgium, and finished in an authentic Liège waffle iron. They're best toasted in a... Con you know, here's the thing. I want to keep going, but... I, I, at first I was going to be like, these are terrible. Who wants vegan waffles or whatever? I think I'm in. They sound delicious. Pearl sugar in a waffle, in a waffle iron. They're 14 bucks for a pack of six. I think this is a good use of money. I don't know. Some of the best waffles I've ever had were gluten-free. And I, really? I, I never would have guessed that, but they are fantastic. Wedding loans exist, and couples are borrowing $11,000 on average to pay for the perfect day. Dame, I've got a old, grumpy man war warning light going off right now in my face, thinking I might embarrass myself on this. Well, go right ahead. Background's important. My in-laws were kind enough to... Uh, pay for my wife and I's nuptials almost 20 years ago, and I'm very thankful for that. And I know a lot of people are not in our shoes. But to borrow money, the average American wedding now costs nearly $39,000, and the average wedding loan is $11,000. I just, why would you start your relationship together with that much financial pressure, man? Because Instagram? Yeah. You think that contributes to it? Yep. I, yeah, I really do. I, I think people get caught up in wanting to you know, present this, this idyllic day uh, as living up to everybody's unreachable and unattainable standards, and they're going to spend some cash to do it. And it's, it's sad. Do you know how much your, your wedding costs, roughly, or how much was spent on it? No, it, it's funny. We were 22 and, you know, just how my father-in-law runs his life and finances, he just never let us in on that. Yeah. And we didn't feel like we could ask. But I think it is important if a parent is going to pay for a kid's wedding to give them a budget and let them be part of the process. That's not criticism of my father-in-law. It's just a different time. I uh, I was a part of a wedding uh, that was in California. Uh, the, the wedding itself was at the Hotel Bel Air. Uh, we, uh, went out for dinner a couple nights before the wedding with the, the whole wedding party and the, the bride's parents and, uh, a very, very nice place, uh, up in Malibu on the ocean and, uh, uh check comes father of the bride hands the card over. It comes back and she whispers something to him in his ear and he just gets to the wallet and pulls out another card and 
hands it to her and she off she walks. I, he, I don't even want to guess how much money was spent, but he just kept chucking plastic at the problem. So do you, okay, wait, there's so, this is a great story. So there's so many things that could have happened there. The first one is declined or he maxed it. Out. It was declined because it hit a max. And so he needed to hit the overage on the next one. It did. I, that's what happened. I, I was going to be a little bit gentle, but yeah, there's no chance he's listening to this. Anybody that was involved in that's probably listening to this. So, oh, we're uh, very big in Malibu. Well, yeah, well, maybe. What do you think it cost the dinner? The dinner wasn't that what they was getting charged? Yeah, it was yeah, the dinner itself. Ten thousand. No, I would. I mean, there was probably only. Well, you know, there might have been twenty people there. And it ups, uh, you know, 20 people probably, it's probably 150 a piece. Upstart, the company giving out the wedding loans, promotes its use of artificial intelligence and machine learning to measure nearly 1,500 data points to determine an applicant's ability to pay back a loan. Rather than looking at a credit score alone, the company evaluates education, area of study, and job history when considering applicants. Man, that's interesting in its own right. I feel like we should have them on. The average wedding loan Upstart approves is $11,000 for a three, five, or seven-year term. The annual percentage rate, which is the rate charged for borrowing, can fluctuate between 5% all the way up to nearly 36%, depending on the applicant. Wow. Don't do it. Don't do it. 36% wedding loan on a seven-year note. Averaging eleven thousand dollars, I don't have time to calculate how what the total. Oh, you know, uh, it's I don't a lot. Have time to calculate it, it's a lot. Wow, America's childcare crisis. The entire system is experiencing pressure from every angle, and something's gotta blow. Dame, everyone's always like, the next bubble is student <laughs> loans. The next bubble is babies. Like, what? what? Can childcare be a bubble? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it costs I mean, we, on average $213 per week per kid at a child care uh, yeah. center, up to 14.5% from five years ago, according to a new report. Yeah, we, we're very sensitive to the fact of how much of a strain daycare can, uh, child care can, can put onto a family's budget. Um, I think there's just a huge reluctance to, to say, you know, what, well, I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. I mean, it's a, how can that blow? Like I like I there's a lot of, of markets, a lot of concepts. Student loans. I I think there is a bubble, and I think you're going to see it change higher ed. High what are perceived to be high childcare costs, that's not gonna change anything. I I it just it can't. Anyway. No. Dame, that's all we have time for this week. Were you pretty excited about today's show? I liked it. That first segment, I couldn't get you to stop talking. Sorry. That's all right. I, I'm going to install a buzzer in your chair at the North Studio. No, let's not do that. It was actually the best segment we've done in years. All right, coming up next week, more of the show. Thanks for listening to WIOU and Kokomo. We appreciate it. Sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. Mm-hmm.